What are you doing now? Oh, <gasps> no! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, no! Ew! <laughs> Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. And this week was my week. And I chose a very important topic. And that topic is <laughs> breakups. I wanted to talk about breakups. Why today. is this so important? Uh, I guess it's really not important anymore. So maybe we should just end it. <laughs> well, you, just, you can't just present things and say, yeah. this is a very important topic. Why is it important? Autumn? Eh, it's not. Yeah. What are you doing there? I do like what you did here, though, because on the last show, we did reality TV, which you're an expert on. Mm. You know, we're venturing into a few areas of expertise. And breakups, I certainly am an expert. Are you? I mean, I'm not saying I handled them correctly, uh, but I've been through so many of them. I made a quick list. Okay. I'd like to hear your list. Would you like to I'll read the names I have the number here also these are all relationships some of them shorter than others and you know maybe they didn't count as girlfriends but there was some kind of discussion about how we were entering a relationship and maybe it only lasted three months or something but these are all people who required breakups so this is just me giving you my qualifications Emily Christy Margot Ashley Claire Brittany Jill Jesse Molly Jessica Farah Ellen Wow. So that's 12. Wow. Say that. I feel like that was too fast. It was too fast. Emily, Christy, Margot, Ashley. This is in chronological order, too. Claire, Brittany, Jill, Jesse, Molly, Jessica, Farah, Ellen. Wow. Those were all people where some kind of breakup discussion had to happen. This wasn't, oh, we went on a few dates and... Then you told me you weren't into me because I'm a weirdo and you had to let me down gently. Right. It wasn't including those. And were all of those by the other person towards you? Were all these people who broke up with me? Yes. I'm sorry. No. I mean, I can go through that and figure that out quickly if you want. Uh, Emily broke up with me. Christy, I broke up with her. Uh, The Margot thing was a mess. I, (laughs) I, I don't even know. Mess is its own category. Yeah, Ashley, I broke up with her. Claire broke up with me by smashing in my car windshield. Brittany broke up with me. Jill, I broke up with her. Jesse, I broke up with her. Molly broke up with me. Jessica was another mess, but ultimately came down to her with ditching me. Uh, Farah, I broke up with her. And Ellen, I actually... Uh, so surprisingly... Yeah. Surprisingly, I did more of the breaking up, it looks like. How many of those were... It was like half the list in New York? Starting with Jill. Those are the New okay. York days. Yeah. So one, two, three, four, five, six in New York. Okay. So there you go. That The only reason I'm bringing up, this up so early is just to show. When we talk about breakups, you've got someone here who's been through it. Right. Run the gauntlet. Right. Been so through grateful the, to have you uh, been broken up with and have broken up so many times. Yeah, been through the eliminator. Um, I, uh, as, so what about, okay, so you're not including early school days, like where, when you say you're going out with someone and it really just means you like hold hands in the hallway. I never really had that. Uh, Emily was my first girlfriend of any sort and that was 11th grade. There were people I liked in school, but I never entered into one of those. We're going out 
relationships. There was someone I in tenth grade that went on a few movie dates with and mm-hmm. liked at school, but nothing had been discussed. And okay. n- no, I was a, I was a loser when it came to that autumn. You were one of those people who constantly had the boyfriend in school. I'm going out with this person, and you met at the locker, and you ate lunch together, whatever. I hated you. Well, we never ate lunch together, but we would try and like walk to our classes together. Yeah, how romantic. And I would put blueberry lip smackers on my bottom lip and vanilla lip smackers on the top lip. So I had like a blueberry muffin. <laughs> Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> the thought you put into it as a child. That's what you are at that point. Even though you think that you're an adult and you've got all this figured yeah. out, you're a child. Sixth grade. And you're thinking, hmm, I want this kiss to be nice for him. What was his name? John. For John. John's really going to like it if I mix up these lip smackers. Yep. And, and one I- time we kissed in front of the gym and he touched my butt and that took me to outer space. <laughs> really? Yeah. The audacity of a sixth grader was he was probably older, wasn't he? He was probably eight. No, 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 no. We were in the same grade. He might have been older because he like, failed kindergarten or something. One of those like held back kids because he was a little troubled. I liked the troubled ones early on. What was the appeal to the troubled? I, all all women, girls, yeah, seem to like the troubled. Hopefully they grow out of it. That's why I switched it to girls. Women at right. some point in their lives, not all of them. Hopefully though. Say, what the hell? No way. Yeah. You've got too much shit going on. I want nothing to do with you. But yeah, when you're younger. Yeah. The attraction. Well, I, he, I, uh, he, he was interesting, which I guess interesting meant maybe a little dangerous and exciting. He wasn't dangerous. Like he was, he was fine. But it was like, I think I read it in one of my journal things when we talked about that episode. What episode was that? We called it notes because. Notes. Okay. In that in that episode, I talked. To, I think it was that one where I talked about like I met this guy and I like him so much. He smokes weed and he's done LSD and it's like wow. That do you think he really did LSD at six years old? I mean six years old, sixth grade. Uh, maybe he had an older brother that was I don't know also troubled. <laughs> you know, even when I met his mom, I was like, oh, you're you're kind of that's your okay. You know, like. Uh, if I saw you on Cops, I wouldn't be shocked. Kind of looking woman. <laughs> so, all right. So the possibility of doing LSD is there. I just feel like a lot of that crap in middle school is bullshit. People just lie about everything because everyone Could've wants been. to fit in. Or if they don't want to fit in, they need to set themselves apart by being so badass that they couldn't possibly fit in, even if they wanted to fit in. Right. You're right. I've done LSD. Yeah. Eh. Yeah, I don't know if he really did or not, but <clears throat> either you, way. You bought it. Yep, I liked him. So, in we terms of up. breakups, though, was there something specific you were thinking about that got you onto this topic? Um, No, I just thought it was something that all of us, I'm sure, have been through. Oh, okay, not all of us. A lot of people are with their like high school sweetheart or something. But even a lot of those people have broken up with that person and then gotten back with them. Um, you know, for a time, but, uh, no, not just, just thinking about how, how it's done and how uncomfortable it can be. Are you uh, longing for your days of miserable it can make you and how sad and how you feel like your life is ending when really 
it's the best thing for you because the next thing comes around and it's hopefully better. You know, I feel like every boyfriend I had, I progressively got better and better boyfriends. I was going to ask if you're longing for the days of breaking up because it's been, what was the, what was your last breakup at this point? 11 years ago, 12 years ago, 2009. Oh, so it wasn't that long. 10 years ago. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. 10 years, I guess. That's still pretty long. Yeah. When you said 2009 and I'm throwing out what 11 years ago, you say 2009 and it doesn't register that that's actually 10 years ago. Yeah. It's 10 years ago. <laughs> um, Absolutely yeah, that insane. was with my third big boyfriend, Wade. Ooh, the big B. Yep. Uh, so my first boyfriend was, I I was with him. Okay. Besides the little ones, you know, in the little bees in, you know, little middle bees. school, early high school. Um, John was my, this a different John was my longtime boyfriend from like 15 to 20. Um, I lived with him. He was my first. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, he was also really troubled in a lot of ways. He would get really angry and throw something, you know, or like hit something. He was kind of aggressive. He was also the one that said um, when we were living together, we didn't have the money to pay rent and uh, he smoked weed. And I was saying, like, I don't think you can buy weed right now because I'm having to I'm having trouble paying the rent, getting the rent together. And he said, we were trying to figure it out. And he was like, well, you can never ask me not to buy weed. Like that's just has to be in there. I'm buying weed. And then you oh. said to yourself, okay, well, in my mind, you know, I was like, okay, that yeah. doesn't seem right, but oh, well, but also uh, that was like a little bit of a, I don't know. A, the, the smart person in my brain was like, hello, <laughs> what are you doing? You should have immediately broken up. I would assume that if you were in that situation now in your life, that would have been, I'm done. Oh, done 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 the done. inability to set priorities it's yes like, and that you're putting marijuana in front of in front of me putting our rent on my credit card at like 19 years old getting a uh uh getting into debt five thousand dollars like no that's unacceptable to me so but you know you're young you think you don't know how, <clears throat> you don't know how to break up you don't know when things are really over and especially you know, having being the first person to have sex with, you know, it's like it was a big it, it was hard to sort of separate all of those things to really understand what the relationship was. Yeah, he, he and my dad always described him as like he can't get his dick out of the dirt. Does that phrase make any sense to you? Um, I, I'm trying to think of the actual practical situation that could happen to make a person say that i don't know why a person would have their dick in the dirt just like he can't can't ever seem to get his life together he can't ever seem to have something good going on for very long if well, any why would you have your dick in the dirt did your dad make this up i don't know did your dad used to like to have sex with the ground and then <laughs> well then he'd be proud he's like man that guy's really got his dick in the dirt <laughs> get his dick out of the dirt uh but no, he just could yeah i get the sentiment of the statement uh, and I felt like that was that resonated with me. And then, uh, you know, yeah, it, it, troubled, whatever. You're so, still struggling with this. I I feel like somewhere in your brain, you're still, you know what the right thing to do is. And there's still some kind of justification going on for his bad behavior. Because you're like, and I, well, uh, um, well, I loved him. 
He's so great. No, He's that's so not cool. it. No, it was more like thinking as an adult to how old he actually was. Like I'm, you know, 37. Oh God, 37. And thinking about him being 21 or 20. No, how old is he? He's probably 22, maybe. He was 30 when you were 16. No. That's what I remember from this relationship. No, he was 17 when I was 16 or 18. 19. All right, we don't need to get lost. In this. I don't know. All right, all right, all right. My point is that I don't know what my point is. What is your point? Where are you going with this, Autumn? You want to talk about breakups? And then he got nothing to say. I I'm just oh. giving you a hard time. Don't shut down, please. <laughs> I'm just I don't I don't want you to go there. That was just me. That was just me, you know, joshing around with you. <laughs> um no, I he he told me one time that he wanted to marry me and that he had planned on proposing this Christmas, but something happened, which was very much the norm in our relationship. Was that and after the breakup you brought that up? No, 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 no. This was during the relationship. So he told me he wanted to marry me, but then of course, like something prevented him from getting money together to get a ring or whatever. Were things going bad at that point that he threw that out there? No. I'm just trying no. to gauge his level of manipulation because sometimes I could I could see the relationships going bad. So like, I'm planning on marrying you, and it's like no, it wasn't it's a that. last ditch effort. You throw the the life raft out there and get on, climb in. Come on, we're still afloat. Or after the breakup, if, especially if you broke up with the person, I was going to marry you. I, I was ready to do it, but I couldn't oh. afford the ring. No, no, that's never happened. Um, No, but he, when he told me that that's what he was planning on doing, it had been something that I'd always said I wanted. But then when I was actually confronted with the reality of marrying him, it was, I felt like my life passed before my eyes almost and was like, Oh no. You could see into the future and see all. If yes, and I was like, if if we if I get married to him, all of those things that are like, oh, poor John, poor guy, oh, he can never get it. my dick's gonna be in the dirt now because I'm with him. It's gonna be our problems. Well, I'm glad. And you're... then I realized I just. And then I remember I was at the I was in like the back of a station vehicle with you and Tim, not Tim Andrews from the Von Hessler Doctrine, but from the whatever. This is back when we worked. So Autumn and I met as interns for a morning show in Atlanta at a rock station, classic rock station. And then we worked in promotions. Right. And so you're talking about one of these, I mean, at that point we're 21 years old. If that. I was probably, I was probably under 20. I was so, probably 19 or 20. So where all of life's greatest decisions and recollections and contemplations and inventory is taken in the back of a station promotions <laughs> vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> and you and Tim were both telling me, um, you're not going to stay with him. You'll be, you'll, you guys will break, you, you guys will break up any, like you'll be done. Cynical from the get go. Like, no, I love him. I really do. But then, but really in my mind, I was like, they're so right. Man, they're right. Shit. Really I love that. I was so cynical. I wonder what it was driving that at that point. It's just Ma honesty. Maybe <laughs> I eh, there's always something more than it. Just being shitty. I mean. Testing me to see if I would still be cool just break up with them totally shitty just break up with them on them so i cannot ask you out that's probably what <laughs> i was thinking yeah. come on get out of that relationship so we cannot go out yep that's what well was. it was great i did break up with him and it was seemingly out of the blue you know like because i think i was so young 
I did, had never done it really, really before that it was, I was just like, I got to talk to you. Turn off the TV. We got to talk. Then <laughs> that was it. And I just took my, I went over to my dad, my parents' house and my dad waited up for me and he told me all about his divorce and stuff. <laughs> like when he was married, he got married really young, like right out of high school. And he told me all about that. And like, I don't know, I bonded with my dad. That was great. But yeah, it, it's just weird how those, those things feel like such an end when really they're just the beginning. Well, relationships, when they do end sometimes, depending on how they end, and especially early on, um, you know, even if it is a beginning for something else, it's like a death sometimes. Yeah. Depending on what the other person needs or what you need, and if you are cutting a person out of your life, you've spent a lot of time with them. They've been integrated. You guys have merged your lives to an extent, hopefully not to any unhealthy level, but ripping that apart and then that no longer existing it's maybe even worse than a death because you know the person is out there <clears throat> yeah and th that's done my life the way i've been living it is no more but it actually could come back because that person is out there um and and breaking up i don't know you know i like to think that it got easier i was so many breakups going through my list again you know at some point they become easier so I was telling myself, I don't find that to actually be the truth. I learned to remove myself emotionally before the breakup actually happened. So if there was a breakup to come, I started preparing a few months in advance. So by the time that the relationship actually did end, it didn't hit as hard. Mm -hmm. But it was still just as sad, if not sadder, because when I look back on some of these relationships and the way they ended, it was depressing. The slow decline the removing the pushing of the other person away, like the emotional uh, shutdown that would happen. Like they were actually very depressed, depressing situations. And then I realized, you know, as I got older and you're starting to put, at least for me, I think some people go into relationships early on thinking this is a person maybe I'd like to marry. I had a, I had a run there where I would date people and say, this isn't going to last. And that's fine. I don't want it to last, but it can be what it's going to be for now. And that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't make them any easier when you break up with that person knowing that. But as I got older and you're starting to put more weight into the relationships and thinking that maybe they could be lasting and then they end, then it just becomes even harder. It's like, ah, well, I thought that this one was had potential and was going to maybe be the one, the person that I ended up marrying or, you know, at least for me, I don't, don't even jump to marrying because I haven't lived with anyone I've ever dated. Right. <laughs> but it's like in the progression, I could possibly get to that point. So, yeah, it, it viewing it the way you viewed it, too, that it's a new beginning is true, but it's also dangerous in the way. This is something I very I did all the time. Uh, one relationship ends, jump right to the next one. Yeah. Which is there's no way. It's not a way to do it. It was a distraction. It's a way to offset the feelings that you have that could be overwhelming overwhelmingly sad, overwhelmingly angry, whatever it is that you're you're dealing with, the grief. Jumping to another relationship, surely. I mean, I came up with this motto, this mantra, when, uh, you know, so going back to Emily, which was the first girlfriend I ever had in that breakup, was she, she was a year older than me. And so we started 
going out when she was a senior in high school and I was a junior. Then she went away to college and then I was still. We talked about this briefly. I think you asked mm-hmm. if I'd ever been cheated on. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I think so. Because she was in college and then she came back to she was at Young Harris, which is in North Georgia. And then she came back down to uh, Atlanta and then we went out to a movie and like five minutes into the movie, she's like, we need to talk. I was like, okay. So we, <laughs> we went out to the parking lot of the AMC Barrett Commons. Did you get, leave like a, a Charlie's Angels or whatever you guys were seeing? I, I think it was uh, the astronaut's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I don't even know what that movie's about anymore. Cause I saw, so, I, yeah, did you leave it in the middle of it? We're not even the middle. We or went the very beginning. the very beginning and then she said, we need to go talk and then when in the parking lot, she breaks up with me. But then I had to drive her home because I drove. And then and so, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, what the hell? Why didn't you just do this before we went out? I spent money yeah, on this you movie ticket. ticket. And now I got to drive you home. So I, got, I dropped her off at her parents' house and uh, I just sat in the, the driveway in my car and I cried. I cried and cried. Yeah, her dad eventually came out and talked to me. Um. God. And that felt so awful. Like that was that was awful. I didn't know how to deal with that. I was crushed. And the truth is I didn't really like the relationship. No. It was just being broken up with. Yeah, you're being ditched. Yeah. Re- uh re- rejected. Yes, you're being rejected and for whatever reason it is. Like she I get it now. It logically. 100%, yeah. She's in college, she's meeting new people. This was never going to work out anyway. But uh after that, you know, I met Christy pretty quickly and I realized what a distraction that was and how it took the pain away, the hurt from the ending of that relationship. So that I came up with the best way to get over someone is to meet someone else. Get under someone. Well, that's, yeah, I never said that because I'm not a crude (laughs) piece of shit, but, uh, yeah, so then I lived by that. I, I realized how stupid it is now. But so one relationship would end. I would just jump to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And it was sometimes all, they'd overlap. Well, there was one time it overlapped. Yeah. And that was because I didn't know how to break up with a person where nothing was actually wrong. Right. It just It's hard. It's hard to know that that's a valid reason. It's just like, I don't want to be with this person. And especially young and early on and all the crap we're fed about romance and the way things are supposed to go. And right. why wouldn't and that, you? Yeah. Yeah. To just have someone that you're not into on that level. Mm-hmm. Like you, you really do care about them and love them, but not romantically. And to tell them that it's like, that's even worse <laughs> than, yeah. you know, I have anger issues and I break things and you shouldn't be with me. <laughs> Right. That's pretty clear cut. Yeah. Which was not an illustration of me. I've never thrown things. No, that was or, John. Yes. <laughs> Get the hell out of there. There's a real learning curve with it, though. I, it I, is. It's really hard. And the only way to get better is to get in relationships. Now, I do remember between my, I think it was between uh, my last boyfriend, Wade, and Travis. I was trying to be single and I think you and I were at Top Fleur. Do you remember Top Fleur in Atlanta? Yeah, they dropped the vowels. Right. It's Top Floor, but it's F-L-R. Top Fleur. Do you remember we were sitting, we were having a drink there and I think other people had been there with us. I don't remember, but I was trying to tell you like, you know, 
I'm trying to be single. I'm trying to figure out maybe how to date or whatever. And you're like, no, we don't do that. <laughs> we don't date. We don't date different people. And you probably gave up. Time. You probably gave. No, no, no. I'm really going to do it this time. I swear. And no, uh, I was like, no, you're right. I can't do that shit. I just want to be with this person. I like them. It's important to do that. Like, obviously, it worked out for you. So I don't remember if it was between Tim and Wade or Wade and Trav. But either way. When did you when out. did you meet Travis? 2009. So if it was then I was in town. I didn't live in Atlanta anymore at that no, point. No, you didn't. You were visiting. All right, so that was between Wade and Travis. Okay. And look, and that one worked out for you. I I yeah. don't think that ultimately jumping into another relationship immediately is the way to go. It's difficult because if you are dating and you meet someone that you like, what are you supposed to do? It's hard to say, well, you know, I'm not really ready, but I like you. The person's not going to wait around, more than likely. Do you mean like Nor- dating someone and then, like, you're you're not boyfriend and girlfriend, but you're dating each other? Well, I'm saying a relationship ends. Yeah. You break up with a person, and then you start distracting yourself by going on more dates. Okay. And then you're doing that, and you meet someone that you actually like. Oh. What are you supposed to do? Say no? That's That's the difficulty in it. Which is really why you should just not, well, for me, when I say mm-hmm. you should just not, I'm, I'm realizing you should just never immediately even gone on dates. Sitting there with the bad feelings is an important thing to do. You can learn a lot from that. It also prepares you to better deal with grief on any mm-hmm. level uh, and teaches you to better process these. Instead of just, just distracting, you're just masking it. It's it's not too different than using drugs to escape mm-hmm. your bad feelings. I agree with you, but I've done that in every relationship I've been in. <laughs> well, okay, let's go through this. Um, Emily and DeChristy, that was probably two months difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy, Margot, yeah, okay. They overlapped. <laughs> there was an overlap there, which was uh, shitty, and it's not something that, again, it's just I didn't know how to break up. And so I was like, I subconsciously was creating a situation that would blow the whole thing up and potentially destroy a person. You have brilliant reasoning, right? I don't think you were subconsciously creating that. I think you were really into Margot, but then... I was. It was scary to break up with the other person and to maybe say that... And plus the age difference between you and Margot would have been something where you'd have to like come out almost as dating each other. And that would have been a thing. Yeah, the age difference there was 16 years. Woo. Uh, Ashley was just someone I dated, uh, but I, I was into her, and she was hesitant. This There's shitty behavior, too. So the thing with Margot ends, I'm upset I meet this, this girl, Ashley. She's hesitant to even date anyone, and I do my best convincing. I was like, no, no, things are going to be all right, and this will be different. And then I meet Claire. So So Ashley is probably, like, again, two months after the ending of this thing with my, that whole mess, that whole mess after I've cheated, I should have just been single for quite a while. So no, but instead, now two months meet her and then convince this person that, you know, that I'm different. And then I meet Claire, who I'm just taken with. And I have to ditch mm-hmm. Ashley. That's a month and a half in to that. So yeah, I know, like, is that really a breakup with Ashley? I count it because there was someone who was hesitant. Let me let me tell you this. She just showed up in my house once unannounced. Okay. I hated it. Ashley just showed up, knocked on the door. She's like, I'm here. And she's really excited. It's like, when do you, you just show up 
Unbelievable. No. How did you treat that in the moment? Just like that? I just shut down and shit. What's wrong? Nothing. Nothing's wrong. Oh, God. What a pain in the ass you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you this to illustrate this yeah. awful behavior. And, then, and how different you told her you were going to be. Yeah. And then, you know, I think I'd probably already met Claire. And that's mm. a reason. And then so, you know, Claire, four months. I feel like a month in. I love yous are exchanged. I have no, f- I'm, you know, just wrapped up in the energy of this person, which it turns out was negative energy. But there was a whirlwind and it was exciting. Yeah. And then. Burn too hot. Yeah. Four months in that one ends with. uh me throwing a beer can in the air at some festival, the Inwood, the Inman Park Festival, and uh, throwing a beer can in the air and saying, burn in hell and running away. And then her showing up <laughs> at my house and smashing in the back windshield of my car. <laughs> <laughs> you were telling her to burn in hell by and then throwing a beer can in the air? Yeah, well, there was this whole weird thing where she... So everyone's out at this festival. Yeah, yeah. It's actually in her loft complex, but, you know, the, the doors for the lofts are open and everyone's hanging out. And I forget what set it off, but she was angry with me and and tried to put me in a headlock. And I escaped it. Then she tried to slap me and I blocked it. And then I ran away and threw a beer can just straight in the air. Put you in a headlock? And I said, rotten hell. Wow. And then, and I, then she came and bashed your... And then I bounded down four stairs. I jumped just down all four and ran out of the complex. And then, uh, yeah, there were more events leading up to it, but she smashed in the back windshield of my car that night. Oh, that's right. And uh, <laughs> I remember the events that led up to it. <laughs> there was... So, that, that, let me tell you this. Well, actually, uh, a- actually, after that, I did try to immediately jump into dating someone else. Uh-huh. My friend Kara, who I think you've met, um, I, you know, I, I liked her. I had a crush on her, and we went out. I think the first time we went out, or second time, we were at Lenox Mall, and Claire was there and saw us together and texted me something like, I see you, you're already out with someone else, you son of a bitch. And then I share this with Kara. I was like, yeah, my oh. ex is here somewhere. Remember that one I told you about? It smashed in my back windshield. She sees us. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> that, so that killed that. Like oh, that, God. That, because she's normal. She's like, I'm getting the fuck out of this. I mean, we're still friends. Right? We're very good friends now. Yeah. So it, it all worked out for the best. But yeah, that, that happened. And then after that, I took 10 months dating no one. It's good. And let me tell you, my memory. Yeah. That was the best 10 months of my life. Really? I loved it. That was through the summer of 2006. I was hanging out with my friend Lee. I was more creative than I'd ever been. I think it's when the Futureplex was created. I got a motorcycle. Lee and I would ride our motorcycles. <laughs> We entered the chomp and stuff. There, I was free. I was free to do what I wanted. And uh, that for some reason, that didn't stick with me. And then I fell back into old habits. I went only to run through the rest. But It's interesting to think of how unmotivated you are by sex. But then to think that you can't stop being in relationships. Because I feel like... It's love I want, Autumn. <laughs> yeah, but you weren't in love with uh, Claire. At the time, I thought I was because it was just... You couldn't discern between, like, just a super sexual attraction and actual attraction? Yeah, I, the, the learning curve leaves you not knowing things. Like, this yeah. is intense feeling. These feelings right. are really overwhelming. That must mean I'm in love. Right. So, the the 
rest of the history follows the same. It's usually a month or two in between these relationships. Also, I I recall you talking about how you would get someone to break up with you so that you wouldn't break up. You wouldn't have to do the breaking up. Yeah, I thought that's what I did. But when we go through this and I'm looking mm-hmm. at, I, I think maybe that was the move and I was hoping that would happen. But I tend to date anxious people also. Mm. So people have a hard time breaking up, some fear of abandonment or whatever it may be. So, you know, it takes quite a bit uh, for the person to break up with me. I mean, Brittany broke up with me. I moved to New York. And at some point she said, maybe I'll move to New York. I said, no, no, you should stay and do do your own thing. And then she breaks up with me and then I'm sad. Why did she break up with you? Because you guys didn't live near each other anymore? I was gone and I was being an asshole. Were you being, how are you being an asshole? I mean, just that alone. It's like, yeah, I should move to New York. It's like, no, why? No, why would you do that? Stay in yeah. Atlanta. Stay I don't want you, you here. It's like, I got to, you know, this is my thing and I want to figure it out. Yeah. And then uh, Molly was an interesting breakup because, well, again, there was shitty behavior because she wasn't getting what she needed from me and then said, let's break up. And then like a month went by and then we hung out and she said, you want to give this another go? And I said, yeah. Instead of saying, no, it's going to be the same thing. So I dragged her along for another year and a half. Oof. But our last uh, date, we set it up. Like this one got to the point where we set it up. We had our last date at the same place we had our first date. It was <laughs> like it was known this was going to be our last date. And then it yeah. was over. <laughs> so that was, in a way, a nice thing to do. Yeah, tied it up in a little bow. I appreciated that. Yeah. It still doesn't make it any less sad, ultimately. But, mm. you know, it got to the point where we were... We knew. I was like, there's nothing here. So that one wrapped up. But I I knew I shouldn't have been in many of these relationships. And they went on much longer than they should have quite often. Yeah, that I guess what I think it just takes a lot of practice. You just have to you have to be in relationships so that you can <laughs> practice getting out of them. If it's not right, I guess. Well, you right? need you need to be honest and if the relationship isn't going to work, first you need to sit down and talk about that. I think most people But there's don't. none of that that can happen when you're young. You don't know what you want or what you need when you're young. No, you have no clue. Yeah, you're like, you're working with a broken compass. You know, you don't know which way is up or down. You, or north or south. <laughs> um, but you have to, you have to... You have to go through the relationships so you can get your bearings on what you need and who you are and what you need in relationships. But I guess you also have to pay attention through those things. You can't just be like, well, I guess I just keep dating shitheads. Like, no, you need to be, you need to understand, okay, if you do keep dating shitheads, why is that? Is it because of you? Is it because of something that happened to you in the past? Like your dad is a shithead and so you're attracted to shitheads? You know, like you need to be... Sometimes, as you go through, as you gain these experiences, you need to pay attention to what those experiences were so that you can go forward progressively. Sometimes when you're dating a shithead and you keep dating shitheads, it's because it's affirming this idea that you have that you don't deserve anything other than a shithead. And that's a real thing. Of course. If someone teaches you that being a shithead is 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 love, then what how you that's what you're going to assume is love. You're well, going to find a shithead. And when you're down on yourself, 
and you believe these things that you're worthless, you date shitheads because it just reinforces those feelings you have for yourself. Like, see, I knew it. I knew it, even though it is in your control. Yeah. But first you need to get over that because you could never enter a relationship if you actually feel that way about yourself with someone who wasn't a shithead. Yeah. You got to be honest and really aware of yourself. Or you find someone with the same weird shit as you and maybe you're just a piece to a puzzle. (laughs) Well, even that requires you to know what you... Some people have relationships, like you said, you don't know this early on. You have no clue what you're doing. You're just kind of stumbling your way through it. Uh, That works out for some people. I have no clue. People who, that's that's the only person I've ever been with. Yeah. We met when we were 13 and now we've been married for 80 years. Right. Well, that puts people 90. That's not, I mean, it's feasible, but that's a. Sure. But. No, when they were 10. (laughs) I, I, I sometimes look suspiciously on those relationships. I was like, maybe you stuck with them. Just because you were stubborn and you were the kind of person who didn't believe in divorce and you said, I'm never going to do that. And you didn't never do that. And if you had a family, you did what you had to do to, you know, serve the family as best as you could. And I don't think bad relationships are really serving the family. But yes, if there are kids involved and the divorce can be hard on kids, maybe you stayed in it. I always look at those people so cynically that it's like, you're just here because you thought that's what you you made the choice that you're getting together. You actually hate each other. Or maybe you get to a point. Yeah. You've been together for so long. You don't necessarily hate each other anymore because you look back on your life and it's like going through a traumatic event together. And then that's the right. bonding. You're bonded together because you made it through those 15 shitty years of hatred towards each other. <laughs> but look what we've been through. We've made it. Which And now your testosterone is lowered and you don't want as much sex as you wanted before. And I'm, you know, fat and happy and we're just uh, living the rest of our lives together. We both want to watch <laughs> the same shows at the same time. We go to bed. It's done. We're going to have a good life. And the stakes are much lower at that point. So right. that's when it comes together. And you know, is that fair to pass that judgment on everyone? But maybe there's some people no. who are just completely in love and they always have been and they communicated well and stable people do exist, secure people. <laughs> Even, you know, uh, maybe they were able to figure it out together. I don't think yes. getting into a relationship that young, they knew, but maybe they were at least smart enough and communicative enough mm-hmm. to get through it together. I don't know anyone like that, though. Uh no, I feel like anybody that I know that has been together since they were, you know, like 15 years old um, and are still together, I think have gone through a small portion of time where they weren't together, but then got back together. Like my Aunt Eileen and my Uncle Phil, they were together since they're 15. And I think that they had a small time when they broke up and then lived the rest of their lives together. Um, I have some other friends, like same thing. I think everyone who I know is, has broken up at some point and maybe not even dated anybody else, but still like they, I don't know. I guess, I guess some people can be growing apart and go on different paths, but then maybe their paths come back together at some point. Well, I think that brings us to this idea of taking breaks from a relationship, which some people don't believe in it at all. And I, I think I don't, I, there was a period where I didn't believe in it either because usually what it was, was a person just wanted to have sex with other people. 
and that's the breakup part of the break part well they set up a break because they don't want to do the full breakup because it's too sad and it's too much to handle and so the break is <laughs> just an easing into the breakup we're going to get used to not being together and then at some point when this is all said and done even though it's supposed to be us figuring out if we want to be together i just want to have sex with other people at this point and after you know i've distracted myself and i'm not going to feel so bad about it we'll break up and that makes me think a break like that when when especially when the dude brings it up because they think that they're going to get some sex when really the <laughs> chick is the only one who gets the sex and the other guy's like I because I've I've heard people say like they thought that you know I'm I'm in this relationship and I uh, I'm on this bus right and there's there's a lot of women on this bus and I could have sex with any of those women I wanted right because you think you can because you're in a relationship and then you break up with the girl and then you think like. I can't have sex. How am I going to have sex with anybody? I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to approach someone to have sex with. But yeah, so anyway, like a dude can't get sex anytime they want. The girls can get sex anytime they want. Yeah, that idea. The guy has, I'm going to get out of this relationship and it's just going to be like, it's going to be like Candyland. (laughs) I'm going to run around and everything I want will be mine. And then, yes, the guy sitting at home and the, the, girlfriend that he broke up with or took the break with is the that's right being. the girlfriends have took taken her out like we're gonna get fucked up oh my god she was probably with her girl her boyfriend and then the guys are there and then they hit on her and she says yep. sure okay they can smell it <laughs> like sharks mm-hmm. blood in the water look at her she's emotionally hurting i'm gonna take advantage of that that's right i don't care you can call me your boyfriend's name in bed and then i'm gonna high thin my friends okay so tell me more about breaks what do you think well i think there is room for breaks if you're not being a liar about it if you're being open and honest about what you really want and i think the way a break could work is sometimes the pressure of a relationship can become paralyzing if you're in it and you really want it to work um but there are certain things that aren't matching um you know, personality-wise, whatever it is, it becomes difficult. And I think that there are times it can't be fixed from within. So if you actually want to step back and remove yourself from the relationship so you can get a better look at it, mm-hmm. you know, it's like being in the middle of a hurricane. Yeah. It's Let hard. the dust settle. It's harder to understand what's going on when you're in the middle of the hurricane. You know it's a hurricane, but you don't know what to do. If you pull out and you look at the hurricane from above, from a satellite, you see it for what it is. Right. Like, well, look, look at this whole storm. Um, You know, if both people are actually dedicated to looking at themselves, they want the relationship to work. That's the first thing. If if some person doesn't want it to work, then uh, then there's no point in doing it. And then you can look at it for what it is. You can take inventory, assess what you can bring to it, what you can't bring to it, what the other person can bring to it, what they can't, what things that you'd be willing to work on, what things could be worked on, what things will always remain the same. And then, you know, you take this time and then you can come back together and talk it through and decide after all this analyzation. And I know this isn't romantic. This is one of the problems. Oh my God, everything, it's not romantic. There's no passion. Passion's important. Yeah. But I think dedication is a little more important in, in a lasting relationship. <laughs> if you're just out there looking to have some flings, fine. Passion, you need that. Otherwise, what the hell's the point? But uh, I, I do think that there are times when breaks are something that can actually be helpful. The problem is a lot of people just ruin them. They ruin the idea of breaks because they use it for selfish reasons. Right. 
Not for self-reflection, but for... For I... I'm free party time. Mom's mom's away. She's on vacation. I'm going to have the house to myself. Yeah, it's not really cheating because I said we're on a break. Right. I do hate, <clears throat> I do hate the um, mommy wife or daddy husband uh, scenario or relationship that people are in where they're like, oh, well, my husband doesn't like it when I do that. You know, or my wife won't let me or like I need to wait until my wife's out of town to do something like I do not like that dynamic. I guess if it works for you, then that's fine. I don't know who that works for. I don't find a relationship. I guess if people don't mind being um, sort of contained by someone else, maybe it feels good. You know, maybe they feel comforted by that. Yeah, but that's still not healthy. I guess if if both people like that feeling, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it would work that way. If one person likes the feeling of being contained and the other person likes being controlling, yeah, I guess that could work. It doesn't seem like something that's a very healthy relationship. But with these things, it really is about getting your needs met. And if that fulfills everyone's needs, then why the hell not? I would hope they don't have kids. Because they're not setting any kind of good example. But if it's just them, fine, do it. What the hell do I care? But that is one of the things that ultimately people recognize, but I don't think they can come to terms with or they won't admit it because they won't break up. There are a lot of times these things exist. To me, a relationship where I'm not allowed to go do something because um, the other person says I can't because it's going to make them insecure for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That's not, no, no way. Or even sometimes it's things that they're putting on the other person that the other person isn't even doing, right? Like maybe the other person wouldn't judge you for X, Y, Z that you feel like you can only do when they're out of town or when they're not around. Maybe they wouldn't judge you, but you you put them in that role because of some weird past sort of behavior. How are you okay in that not. relationship though as the person who can't act like yourself when your significant other's around. I can only be myself when they're not here. Why are you in the relationship? Because that's what they learned is love. Right? Is is I need the mommy wife or I need the daddy husband. (laughs) Where does that come from? You know, the fact that ball and chain is something that's done. Ah, the old ball and chain. So that's the way you view your wife? Yeah. It's a ball and chain? I would prefer not to be in any kind of marriage. I will be an old spinstress. <laughs> Working at the library. No, I don't. I do not get the reason people stay in those. But yes, you're right. People have no clue. So going back to what you said before about how you're supposed to learn mm-hmm. through relationships you get in your first relationships, you have no clue what you're doing. You're supposed to take note, understand what's going on, what didn't work, and apply that. And you continue to grow. And I'm not saying it's easy. I feel like it's taken me just to this point in my life to even begin to understand this stuff. Um, You know, but there's still a desire to figure it out. And there wasn't a desire for a while with me, which, you know, if I'd started this earlier, I think I could have figured it out earlier. But, yeah, maybe you would have cut that list in half. But there's an inability for a lot of people to say it's okay to break up. 
This is not good for anyone involved, but they will not leave. They just stick around. Because it's hard. What's hard about it? The breaking up. I know that breaking up is hard. Having to be honest with the person and telling someone that you did care about, or maybe you still do, things that they don't want to hear. So it's difficult. So it's better just to stay in a situation where both no, people but are it miserable. Make it, no, it does. For no, the rest of their lives, because you don't want to introduce. I'm not arguing with you. I'm yeah, just yeah. arguing with this idea. Because you don't want to introduce something that's going to make you feel bad and the other person feel bad for a temporary period of time. Right. Yes. And I say this, and I do understand that it's much more difficult than this, but I'm just presenting it this way because that is how ridiculous it is. You're right. It is. And like I said before, in the end, it's ugh. one door closes and another door opens. Not always. Maybe it's maybe that's it. Maybe that door closes and you never date anyone again in your life. I mean, maybe different doors open. Yeah, That's... if you're happier that way. So I don't, you know, I don't like the idea that I'm going to shut this door and something better is going to come. It, don't even view it that well, way. Well, the something better doesn't have to be another relationship. It could be you. It could be finding it, yourself. It could be you or, or it, could be, you know? it could be nothing, but that should Well, like you said, like it opened the door to more creativity for you when you were single. But it shouldn't be the reason people. Right. I don't think you need to justify getting out of a relationship because you think it'll lead to better things. You need to get out because that's not right and it's not good for you in that moment, right. existing as it exists. And one of the other things, the people, it, it is, it, look, it's not lost on me of how hard it is. So when people do finally get to the point where they break up with someone else, let's say you go to the person's house. One, never do it in public. <laughs> you ever been broken up with in public? No. People try this. It's a trick. If I do it in public, the person can't get emotional. Right. They can't freak out. What a bullshit move. Because <laughs> it, it hampers your true reaction. Yeah, the other person's, if you're setting up the breakup and you're doing it in public, yes, to hamper the other person's reaction, that is bullshit. That is a bullshit move. The person's going to react the way they react, and you need to deal with it. That is part of it. And so the person who, even if you go to the person's house is ultimately what I'm getting at here. You go to the person's house, you break up with them, and then you refuse to leave. The person refuses to leave after they break up with the person because they want the person who they just broke up with and broke their heart to tell them that things are okay. You don't get that. You don't get that. This is a big thing. I broke up with them, but... uh, leave at that point you leave especially if the person asks you to leave which is quite often what happens it's like okay they're upset and like leave me alone and then the person keep like pushing their finger in that wound the person refuses to leave because Did that happen to you well I've, I've i see it happen quite a bit i think i battled it with it myself so you know I've been in situations. You want them to still love you. You you don't want them to. But you don't rejecting them. But you don't want them to reject you. You don't get that in that moment. Right. You don't. That is not something you're allowed to have. You break up with the person and then you need to sit with those feelings that you're feeling for hurting the other person. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean beat yourself up and tell you you're a shitty person. Tell yourself you're a shitty person. But you don't get to break a person's heart and then have them say to you, it's okay. Right. You leave at that point, you let things play out, and then maybe, maybe it is okay at some point, and maybe it's not okay at some point. But this is what comes along with it, and I think, Autumn, this is also what illustrates 
why maybe people just avoid it altogether and stay in shitty relationships because all of that is hard stuff to yeah. deal with. So it's I still have a very hard time with with people not leaving relationships, but I'm uh, grateful that I didn't have to do it too many times. So how I many feel... how many big B's were there? Uh just three. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's fine. It's I not I every, feel... not everyone can have twelve. Yeah, I know. Twelve big breakups. You're right. I mean it's it's an accomplishment. <laughs> I um I feel a little bit lucky. I feel like a lot of the things that sometimes you talk about, you know, trying to figure out and um trying to work out in relationships and what what goes on between you and relationships, I feel like happen a little bit more naturally for me. I don't think about it. It just seems to happen. And that obviously that doesn't work out every time, which is fine, but I just feel like I'm pretty lucky to have gotten through those and gotten progressively better relationships each time. And I don't know how that happened. I mean, besides what we said before with like learning what I need and I learned, you know, how to express what I need in relationships and what, um, who I am and what that does to someone else. You know what I mean? And, and finding out how my behavior affects someone else so that at least if I'm aware of it, I can still express that thing, but, but understand that it may not necessarily be important to the other person or the other person might not even need to react to it. But I still, it's like I allow myself to feel something, but don't necessarily put as much weight into it. Like maybe I did before because I've just learned who I am and realized that sometimes what I think is important or whatever is just important for me and not necessarily important for the other person. And I shouldn't expect them to just automatically find the things that I find important, important. And if they're really important, then I've gotten a lot better at telling the other person, like, listen, this is something that's bothering me. And I need, I need you to know that. <laughs> well, I think you've always been more emotionally aware, higher yeah. emotional IQ. Yeah. And that, that just seemed to be natural for you. And so the progression of your relationships. So you had, the stoner guy mm-hmm. who had no desire for any responsibility, seemingly. Yeah, anger issues. You got out of that one. Then what was yeah. next, Tim? Tim. Tim was the next big relationship. <laughs> yep. What did, what did you learn from that one? That's, that's, that kind of seems like the same as the first one. Uh, <laughs> Tim was more responsible. He was more responsible and a lot more mellow. You know, Tim has anger issues, but not like get get frustrated by life and just throw something that you care about like all right so there's a progression the first one he got rid of the the intensity yeah of this guy and tim's a little more laid back but then some of those underlying issues were still there yes and i did i was able to tell tim some things that i needed um but some of them were so needy you know it was like i but and but also at the same time he was kind of neglecting me you know like he would just spend all his time in the back room on his computer and i would spend my time in the living room watching tv or doing whatever and i would ask him i wanted him to come sit with me 
but I would say it in that stupid voice that they make fun of me for like, Tim, would you please come sit with me on the couch? Yeah, because I, 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 it was, it was vulnerable for me to say, listen, when you sit back here, I feel like I never get to see, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't even put those into words. It was just like, then you come see with me, please. I'd break up with you on the spot. Sure. Well, it should have happened. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? What, but you're what, young. What you wouldn't have done it when you were young. What is this I was 20 voice? years old. I, would have, I wouldn't have broken up with you on the spot. You're right. But it would have grossed me out. Well, Sex would have been done. Well, you were 32 and you were dating a 20-year-old and they were like, can you come see me? You're I, like, oh my God, what am I doing? I understand what you're saying though. So yeah. you're able to ask and then I don't feel like Tim's the kind of person, and I don't want to go into do too deep with this, but the kind of person who could actually deliver on those needs. He likes sitting in the back watching TV. Yeah. So He was on his computer or something. I mean, whatever it is. So, yeah. you know, that doesn't come together and then you move on to Wade. Yep. I was, but, and that overlapped a little bit. Like I wasn't cheating on Tim, but I still wasn't, I was emotionally, definitely. I was like texting Wade and, but secretly because I felt like I, sh I was going to be busted and like, it wasn't going to be okay. Cause I was definitely, I was, I was, oh, I was done, but I was also very young and still didn't really understand when things were done. And Tim knew because he was older. And Did he break he up sat, with you? He sat me down and we broke up. But he was the one was like, yeah, then it needs to, it needs to end. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Oh, God. So, I, w I mean, I guess if you want to say on paper, he might have broken up with me. But it was like, he, we broke up. Whatever I you mean, need. Whatever you need to feel better about it. Sure. Take it. Uh, and then Wade and I were together. That was only just a year with Tim. It should have been like, you know, five months with Tim. Hey, you <laughs> moved in. I moved in right away. You start integrating your lives in such an extreme manner that, yes, breakups do become harder, too, logistically. Yeah. It's a forced intimacy, almost. Like, I, I am completely open, and I will do this if I'm going to decide that this is the person I'm going to try to spend my life with. Uh, I will definitely move in with him. I don't believe in, oh, only when we're married, but I do buy into the, I'm not, no, we're not, not moving. Not until you're definite. Sure. Which is, I've never been to that point because, yeah, that locks in a lot of shit. You know, like I'm, know. I'm living with you and now one person's got to leave and who gets this and all of our stuff has to be divided and the furniture that whoever, no, I'm staying yes. away from that. Outside of the space, like the space thing is a problem for me too. And that's something that I work on. No relationship will work for me if I can't get over this need to isolate in my own space, which I yeah. think progress is happening. But anyway, so Tim breaks up with you. Sorry. Mutual breakup. <laughs> and then you move. Who broke up with the first one? I broke up with John. How did that go? That's the one where I was like, I got to talk to you. And then I've got to talk to you. He just let this. you go. He was like, he was almost fatherly about it. I remember was like, you have to do, you know, what you like, he felt like I was so much younger than him when really I wasn't at the time. It was kind of a big age difference. But I mean, if we were together now, it would just be like three years or two years or something, but it felt a lot different then. Um, but no, he was, he was very understanding, but then got angry cause he got angry. And I remember being at a, at, um, one of those, Oh, like met, uh, uh, one of those metal concerts that was that had all the different bands, like Ozfest or something. 
And he was there. I didn't know he was there, but he went past where we, we had set up for the radio station and he like saw me and I was like, oh my God, I was kind of excited to see him because I just, it had been a long time and he was flipping me off like two double birds. Just like, Bleh. Yeah. What a guy. And then he came back later and he, we sat down beside the, like in the sidewalk, we just sat down and we were talking about everything. And After he flipped fine. you off, you're going to talk to him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a loser. So then um, he still comes over to my parents' house still to this day and cleans their gutters for them for and, free. And so there you go. That's nice. Yeah. He's still living but anyway, in the so same spot. He's still, yeah, okay. He's He's gotten a little nuttier apparently. There's some things that my mom has told me about him that like, you know, he doesn't, he's gotten a little paranoid I think because of pot probably, the weed. It oh. was like wake and bake every single day. I don't know how people exist like All that. day long. He was in construction so I think it was pretty you shouldn't be to, uh, shouldn't be on a construction site impaired. I agree. He's the kind of person though where the weed wouldn't. It wasn't like he would relax and smoke weed. He would like clean the house and be high. Yeah, you know what I mean? He was, I get it. You're still just not in control of your faculties completely, no. and you're on a construction site. So you yeah. break up with him, and Tim breaks up with you. Sorry, mutual. And then you. I'm get sorry. <laughs> and then I feel like the Wade relationship was very similar to these first three, these first two relationships. Um. It was lack of I, motivation for him. Yeah. So really, there's a trend here going on with you. And you just so happened to meet someone who wasn't like that. So Wade. So when you say go really inter- work, right. Wade, when I first met him was in school. He was he had changed his major a couple of times, which was. Listen, was just par for the course for me. It was just like, whatever. So, you know, it did. It, there were no red flags there for me yet. You know, he had changed his major a bunch of times. He had gone to different schools. He was trying to figure out what he was doing, which makes sense. You're young. You're trying to figure it out. He fine. He's he's sweet with his mom there. He comes from a real southern family. Um, uh, happy. You know, his family is nice. Everyone's nice. So there are no red flags there. And then um, he finally graduates. His his granddad is pop uh, gave him a small trust. It wasn't like trust fund kid. It was just a small chunk of money um, that he only got when he graduated. That was called a trust. Cause when you say trust, right, it's like some millions or whatever. It wasn't like that. So he decided to start a business and he graduated with a music degree. So he wanted to have this business where he goes to live events of local bands and record them and puts makes a CD for them and like makes artwork for the CD and maybe sort of um, helps not manage them but um, helps get them noticed and whatever which now if you think about it it's a pretty dated idea to make like a CD for them you know it's kind of weird I mean even but, at the time I, I like the idea but the problem is local bands don't really have money Exactly. They don't have the money. And he started to do photography, so he bought a fancy camera. Anyway, he sunk a ton of money into this thing. And then I didn't really see him doing the kind of work it would take to me to have your own business like that. He wasn't like hitting the streets, you know, going to local shows all the time and getting known in the scene, like nothing, none of that. And I felt like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So Again, it was just like, you know, this thing. And, you know, it just felt like nothing was progressing for him. And I was like, Shoo. and I, I liked him. You know, we had a 
he loved music and I he loved music the way I loved music and we could harmonize together and we could sing together and I really loved that and I really missed that honestly but um you know he would just come to me and be like you know I'm looking into being a mason's apprentice that's fine no, it's not fine. That's a, that's no. a that's a very valid career, and it's more of a career path for him to take than the I'm going to go help After local bands make CDs. All this money, he won't marry me. First of all, <laughs> there you go. Now we're getting down to it. Well, this was the thing. He wanted to get married later in life. I wanted, in my mind, just like his, I wanted to get married earlier in life. We decided to meet in the middle, where he would get married earlier than he wanted to, and I'd get married later than I want to. That's fine that we're in the process of doing that. I'm the one who's putting something at risk. One, because I'm a woman and I only have so much time. And two, I'm the one that will lose out if we break, if he decides, uh, I actually don't want to get married now. You know what I mean? Like I'm the only one with stakes in this game. So, you know, I'm thinking, all right, he's graduated. He's starting a business. That seems a little risky, but the, so there's no, there's no, um, there's no support, like there's no trust in in uh, a future that we're making together. Because so, he didn't didn't know a future for himself. He didn't. So you can't. And I expect wanted a person someone to... who wanted who knew that. I guess not someone who's like I'm in business. I'm a Wall Street. I'm no, but it. he had no plan for himself. So there's no way he can make a plan with you. Right. And so I was like, I I was gearing myself up for like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna be married to a dreamer. And I'm just going to have to come to terms with that. He's going to have dreams and maybe something will hit, but maybe it won't. And I'm just going to be the half. I'm going to have to be the one who brings in the money, who brings in the stability. That'll just be my role. And I was disappointed by that, but I guess I loved him. And then I met Trav, who was fun. And another emotional affair. Yes, another emotional affair. He, I, he wanted he, he was doing things. He wanted to do things. He made me dinner once, and I just thought that was the best thing ever. Because <laughs> what would Wade do for me? He'd heat up a hot pocket. That's nice. What, what kind? Pepperoni. Oh, of course. Pepper. Or honey. I liked the ham and the cheese one. The cheddar ones are okay. I know they're kind of gross, but I kind of like them. All right. So look, you had a type, and you could have easily gotten stuck. I'm glad that you found Travis, and I do think that you are emotionally more intelligent than anyone I knew, especially in the 20s. Um, but I can't. I can also see you falling into a trap and just a repeating cycle of becoming attracted to these emotionally. I don't want to say they're unavailable, but they're not necessarily engaged. Yeah, guys, and you, know, you met Travis and it worked out. But now Travis has some trouble too with his emotions. He's a really sensitive person. Um, but he was, you know, raised in Wisconsin and in a family of all boys. And, you know, it was like it it wasn't always talked about, you know, how you feel about something or how something was making you feel. I think that's pretty common, but totally common. But for him, because I think he has anxiety and he's sensitive that I mean, his his brothers call him like he's sensitive as like a negative, you know. Yeah. And I think it's sweet, you know, and I like it. But and so with him, I think I'm I, I hit a I think I got lucky with him because he is sensitive and he wants to talk about things. But I don't know if he was sort of like trained to talk about them. So now sometimes I have to like pull it out of him. That's OK, though. I think a, a big part of it is just the willingness. 
Yes, to he's begin. very willing. Um, it's not and a- I think he feels like he's really lucky to have me. <laughs> he always thinks like she's going to find out I'm, I'm I suck any minute and she's going to leave. So it puts me in a nice position where it's like yeah. he's to prey on his insecurities. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, it's just more like I don't have, you know, he wants to make sure that we're OK because he doesn't want to lose me. Not like I I care. I care about losing him, but I just don't think that way. Like he's going to find out I suck. Yeah. So it worked out, though. I mean, he seems to be pretty secure you're coming up to new york again to visit yes i told him the other day i was like listen thank you so much for understanding and being so supportive of me because going back to new york is kind of weird (laughs) but i mean not weird i don't care that it's weird i'm very excited what's weird about it that you're a man and we're going to see Phantom of the Opera again. Yes. And, and that we love each other so much. <laughs> and yeah, and this is something that's, you know, emotionally we're engaged with Phantom of the Opera. And you make fun of that as much as you want for us. <laughs> we it's, can't help ourselves. Yeah. And I get it. Um, you know, I think it's I don't talk to Travis that much, but I always think that it's uh, it's important to me to engage another person's significant other. Because I'm not a threat, and I want people right. to know that. I think that sometimes dudes, just in some, maybe, maybe even some subconscious way, have a need to prove that they're superior than other men. So in this kind of situation, obviously, he's your husband, but I could just ignore him. And I can make him wonder and make him yeah. worry. And that's that'd be great for me. Like, I don't want to operate like that. Like, that's a, no way to go, go about, no. you know. So, again, I, I hope that he knows that everything is fine. No, um, I think he does. Otherwise, I think he would be giving me shit for it at least. Yeah, and and I, and I think the initial part of me bringing this up is you're saying he's sensitive, and I don't want to say insecure, but if he's worried about losing you, like this, could well, he be, just ha- he's has anxiety. So if that's this could be a big thing, then like insecurity, maybe. Yeah, anxiety. This could be a big thing, and people could throw real fits about it and say no, and make you feel yeah. bad for it, and you know, it it's everyone's got their own issues. It makes me feel closer to you. Not then to Travis, but I mean, like it makes it makes me more secure in it makes me more secure in my relationship with Travis because he trusts me, and it makes my like friendship love with you even greater because it's able to happen. Yeah, you're not feeling guilty over it. No. And- and he's not making you feel bad over it. And he's not making me feel bad. And I feel like if he were making me feel bad, I would start to think there must be something wrong. And why can't I fit? Why do I not feel bad? I guess I should feel bad. Now I feel bad for making him feel bad. You know what I mean? And some people like that, too, because if they're anxious about it, that's how they offset their anxiety. Right. Or if it doesn't offset it, that's how they drag you into it. Like, well, this person now feels bad, too. So I don't feel alone. Um, yeah. And I was saying everyone's got their issues. And really what is important in relationships at that point is how you try to work through your issues and if you're with someone in a relationship or if you yourself which is hard to admit are unwilling to look at yourself honestly or the person you're with honestly and then decide if the work you can put in would better the relationship um then you should get out just leave and that's the big thing with breakups i know we're talking about how difficult they can be but you know i'd like to just end it with get the hell out (laughs) 
<laughs> sometimes don't be an asshole. Well, sometimes you do need <laughs> that's the truth. It's very hard for people to leave and for all the reasons that we've stated several times, but you know, you need to be very honest and it's not always easy. Yeah. To look at a situation for what it is. I think too anytime you're having a, a discussion with your partner, too, it's it really doesn't matter the intricacies of what you guys are arguing about. Sometimes it's about how the other person is feeling about the thing, right? And it's about something you did made them feel a certain way. And it doesn't matter whether they're right or wrong to feel it or whether you meant to do it or not. It's just, do you care about how that person feels? No, people get wrapped up in the right and wrong part. Right. And it's like, you shouldn't feel that way. It's like, well, it's too bad. They feel it. Yeah, people, I, I fully believe that feelings are never wrong. It doesn't mean that they're rational, which is a right. different thing. Right. But it doesn't mean they're wrong. Something has triggered the person to feel a certain way. And you Do acknowledge. Do you care? And you, if you don't care, then get out. Yeah, you acknowledging <laughs> that doesn't mean you're admitting that you're wrong. It's like, right. put, put the ego aside for a minute and look at the person and just discuss, like, what is causing you to feel like this? Right. And if you acknowledge their feelings, quite often you'll find that they're willing to say, I understand that's a bit irrational, but here's how you can help me get through this. Right, because the more you deny it, the more that they feel like they have to defend it and it becomes something that they can't admit might be dumb or, you know, irrational, like you said. Or they just start feeling like they're constantly wrong, which is no yeah. way for a person to exist either. Yes. So and if that's the case... You're the jerk if you're the one who's denying it and you should be broken up with. Right. <laughs> Break up with that <laughs> person. <laughs> you should never have anyone date you ever again if your ego is so huge that it stands in the way of you being compassionate about the person you supposedly love. Yes. And on that so, note. <laughs> yeah. Don't be an asshole. That's our note on every the end of every episode. Thank you for listening to One Topic. Uh, we can be found on all of the podcatchers i think if you're having trouble finding us on one please let us know you can find us on instagram what, what? at one topic zero one <laughs> um you can also uh find us on podbean you can like and subscribe please give us a review and a rating on itunes also please support uh the official hot sauce of one topic Hoff sauce. You can find them at hoffandpepper.com. You can use our code one topic 15 for 15% off your order. Um, you know, we made stickers and some buttons. I've been slowly giving them away. Maybe if you're interested, let me know. Send me a little DM on Facebook or on Twitter or somewhere where you can find us and let me know if you're interested. Maybe I'll send you a sticker or two because we love you. Playing coy. Maybe I'll send it. We'll see. I will. <laughs> I will. I will send it to you. I guess I'm thinking like, what if 50? I'm, I'm thinking very highly of myself. Maybe 50 people will try and get them and we can't send that many out. What a jerk. <laughs>